Hello, everyone, and welcome to UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts, where we talk all things Georgia football recruiting and, Jed, maybe tonight even a little basketball recruiting. Heck, uh, Mike White's going to have to do a lot of recruiting because essentially the whole team has transferred. So we will get to that later, and uh, we will be talking, like I said, about visits, about uh, class of 2023 running backs, which I had just oodles of fun with on the vault this past weekend so we'll uh talk about that as well but trent's not gonna be with us tonight he's got his uh replica championship ring down there with the the braves him and his son enjoying the game so but we're gonna be um chopping it up here on georgia football recruiting so jed uh how was your weekend man and uh you know tell everybody kind of what you've been what you've been working on good good uh you know watch watch the masters watch scotty scheffler uh do his thing over the weekend and Watch the Braves uh, split a series with the team they're probably better than. So that was uh, a little iffy there. But yeah, it's rec- recruiting is, you know, G Day's coming up this weekend. So that's obviously going to be a huge weekend. But um, there's plenty to plenty to talk about with these last couple weekends in April, too. Absolutely. And I have a feeling that, yep, I knew that was going to play over my computer there. And it did for like one second. But, anyways, I'm trying to, trying to get this thing shared out for us here on the on the youtube side and everything guys if you if you don't mind go ahead and do all the good things that people on media on content on podcasts everything ask you to do like subscribe uh share with friends all that kind of stuff helps out so we really really appreciate that everybody who's watching right now if you go ahead and do that but did is it was coming off another big weekend of uh you know visits for Georgia football recruiting and a lot of in-state guys that were from maybe maybe a class or two away, but Georgia's already kind of laying some inroads there with one school in particular that you uh, got to got to catch up with a lot of guys from. Yeah, it was a big weekend for Grayson, which as a lot of y'all uh, watching the show know, Georgia has struggled at Grayson, Grayson and Buford in recent years. You know, Georgia struggled to get guys out of there, but there was Kylan Fox. Uh, a tight end turned uh, outside linebacker. I had a story on him today, Walt Flynn, uh, 2024 uh, offensive lineman. Just watched the scrimmage. So uh, a lot of guys from Grayson were here. Uh, Tyler Atkinson, a kid. And, you know, what What Ju- Julian Lewis is as far as quarterbacks in 2026, I think Tyler Atkinson is going to be that guy as far yeah. as, you know, defensive end, edge retro guys in the 26th. This dude is a freak as a rising high school freshman. So a big Grayson contingent was in town, um, which always um, – always draws attention when when a when a bunch of guys from a school with that kind of pedigree show up in hands. Yeah, especially a guy like a, a Walt Claire a Walt Claire, Claire Flynn uh at tackle. Um Flynn is he's he's big guy. Well he can play guard or tackle, but I know he's done done some of both. Um especially last year beside Griffin Scroggs. They had him paired up at guard there beside him on the interior moving him. But really a versatile and talented offensive lineman uh and you know, someone that that I think Georgia's really done a good job kind of laying that groundwork with early being a 2024 guy there, Jed. Yeah, he's been in Athens a lot. I was actually a little surprised. I was talking with um, one of Grayson's coaches last week and said, oh, yeah, I've got a bunch of guys coming this week and I'll send you who I've got. And Walt Flynn was on the list and it actually surprised me a little just because he's already been to Athens. Uh, you know, it seems like every weekend he's there. So uh, Walt made another visit. He, he caught up with Stacey Searles, met him for the first time. I believe it was – probably middle of March, um, and got to watch the scrimmage. You know, Coach Shields actually coached his guys in action. So when you look ahead to that 24 class, there's Daniel Calhoun at tackle, 
who Georgia's really in a strong for as a top priority. But then you look at the interior, uh, Walt told me, um, cause I thought he'd be playing guard. And I said, you know, as, as guard, what are they, what are you looking for and stuff? And he said, actually in college, he's going to be a center. So when yeah, you he can, he, he was their backup center behind Griffin yeah. Scroggs, but I mean, he's done all three throughout his career mm-hmm. at Grayson so far, but he does have that more type build where you probably do see him on the perimeter. So it is quite possible that you could have, you know, two, uh, Grayson, centers in that georgia program before too long with uh scroggs and and if if walt claire flynn was to follow suit that would that would be the case there but um definitely something to keep your eye on when it comes to the 2024 class there and like you said there was a host of other grayson talent there and anytime this is you know put it this way i mean on the 13th uh michael daughter is going to commit somewhere Probably not going to be Georgia, looking more like a, an LSU, North Carolina type deal. But there's just loads of talent there. Uh, if you can play in 7A football in the state of Georgia, Jed, you can play. And those guys uh, know know where to go find those recruits. Buford specifically in the class of 2024. Uh, K.J. Bolden is someone who stands out a wide receiver is what Georgia is recruiting him as he's being recruited as a defensive back by uh, some other power five schools, but Kirby smart uh, specifically tells him that, that, Hey, if you come to Georgia, we want you to be a receiver. We want you to make plays down the field. And I'll have a full story coming out on uh, KJ's latest visit to Georgia. That'll be coming out tomorrow over on UGA sports.com. And another reason to be a member of UGA uh, sports.com. Not only do you get to submit questions on here uh, that we'll answer via the vault, but also um, you get the the first look at all the stories and interviews and things like that, that guys like myself and Jed and Trent and, and all the recruiting staff put out. Um, and if you are on YouTube right now watching us, go ahead and submit some comments and questions. We'll put them up here and answer. Brett Weimer asks, how about some basketball recruiting? Coach Wise is going to be busy. Yeah, we're going to get to that in a little while, uh, Brett. We had our guy, Dan, Dan McDonald, and, 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 of course, Anthony Dasher, who uh, follows Georgia basketball and does as good a job with Georgia basketball as anybody out there, in my opinion. I, there, there's a lot, Jed, that can be said for, you know, everybody wants to cover uh, – Georgia football and there's a lot of guys that, that try to do a really good job of covering recruiting and stuff like that but I don't think anybody does as good a job of covering Georgia baseball and basketball as UGA sports and particularly what uh, what Dash does over there yeah I mean he's the guy that he he does it all everyone shows up to the to the football games and the Monday press conferences but Dash is one of the few guys that is he's at every basketball game he's at every baseball game dude loves his baseball I will I'll tell you that he uh he told me at the beginning of the year, he was like, yeah, we can we can share baseball a little bit. I've been to one baseball game. So you, you can't pry that dude out of the, the Foley Field of Press box. So you want your basketball and baseball coverage, Anthony Dasher uh, is your guy. Devin's joining us. Devin, we appreciate you being on here. Like I said, if anybody has any questions on YouTube, you can go ahead and throw them in. We'll get to those in a minute. But, uh, Jed, one hot button topic uh, this weekend that totally was not intended to be a hot button topic was I reported that – Justice Haynes went on a visit to Florida and I was told by a source that is absolutely as good a source as anybody's going to have out there on this situation, that that visit was tremendous. And, uh, I, all I mentioned was that Florida in a recruitment that many thought Georgia had a stranglehold on for a long time 
Florida had kind of wedged themselves into the conversation. Justice's mom, uh, Brandy Gowdy, went to Florida for the first two or three years of, of college before she transferred to Georgia and would ultimately meet Veron there. But just the connections that they had there at Florida with uh, Mike Peters being a, a guy that, that Veron played with who's now uh, who is now um, a coach at Florida. So there's several guys that I think Veron played with three of those guys there at Florida. Uh, he said in some interviews this, this week. So I think that all I'm trying to say is at one time where it looked like, Oh yeah, hundred percent justice Haynes could be slam dunk Georgia bulldog that all that. I think you now have to look at Ohio state being a real threat. I think you have to look at Florida being a real threat. And I think you have to look at professional baseball being a real threat because the young man uh, throws 90 miles an hour from the or plus from the left side and can really run, puts the ball in play at the plate. So I think there's all I'm trying to say, Jed, is there's options out there for Justice Haynes. Absolutely. And when you're a guy that's as talented as him, I believe he's our number one back in the 23 class overall. So, of course, he's going to have suitors. People are going to make late charges um, at him. It's no surprise that Florida is trying to get into this, given his, their connections to um, Justice's family. And this is something we've seen because Madden Sanker is a similar guy. He looked like Georgia was miles and miles and miles in front in this recruitment. And then as time has gone on, Louisville has made a charge and and Miami has tried to get in. I mean, there's several Michigan, guys. In Michigan class. State. Yeah. So there's guys in this class that it has looked like Georgia is. And this isn't to say that Georgia's done anything wrong. It's just when these guys start exploring their options more and and those kinds of things, more, more schools work their way into the mix. Now, is Georgia going to land Justice Haynes? Like, I'd, I'd probably still say they're the favorite playing. I'd, yeah. I'd I, I, still, I haven't, I haven't, it's not like I've taken a crystal, uh, taken, uh, future cast out of him, you know, it's not like I've mm -hmm. done that. Um, but you know, when it comes to it, when if I could look forward, I can't just say 100% that Justice Haynes is going to end up at Georgia. I think that's that's ignorant to 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 ignore the possibilities that he has because legitimately he's going to take a hard look at baseball because of how good of a reports he's getting back right now the feedback and if and it all depends on this summer because you get drafted a lot of times off your travel ball season and travel ball teams not necessarily the high school season uh so that'll be one thing to watch there with justice and then in terms of you know in terms of florida and ohio state i mean now with nil and all these different things and people say well Veron Haynes and Justice Haynes, he played in the NFL. They, they don't need NIL money. It's not a matter of need. It just depends on, you know, what's going on out there. So I think that's something something to watch uh, with, with Florida specifically uh, and then Ohio State um, trying to make a push as well. Georgia, I would say still I'd give them an edge at this point, but it's still – it's going to be a, a, a fight down to the down to the end, and I think this this will extend on out a little bit longer than people – may originally thought with all those options being taken into consideration. Another running back in the class of 2023 that I wanted to talk about, Jed, is Richard Young. Uh, Richard Young is as physically imposing and gifted of a young man as I've seen. When I first saw his tape his, his freshman year, I was just blown away. I thought that he was already a junior in high school. I mean, just one of these guys that is so far physically developed. It's unbelievable. So, um, you know, 
we've we've heard different things. He comes out with a top seven. What are you kind of hearing uh, from around on Richard Young? And and I think it, it may be some of the same schools involved. Yeah, I mean, Alabama's in there. Ohio State's in there. Um, you know, it, it's the similar – it's kind of a similar – like you said, there there's schools going after both of those guys. And I think while it's not necessarily as much of a slam dunk as of Justice Haynes going to Georgia, I do think Georgia ends up with one at least one of, of Haynes and Young. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I, th- I think I think that's uh, they're go- they're going all out for at least one of those two. And where I originally thought that Georgia was like uh, hell bent on getting two in this class, I think really getting one elite running back is going to be more of the con- the the focus and concern also uh dj braswell is a running uh, running back out of um out of washington county uh where robert edwards just took over that that job and uh robert edwards you know that connection there georgia alumni del mcgee has reached out dj braswell is a guy that you want to keep your eye on because he's visiting georgia tomorrow he got an offer from Alabama on March 5th does not have a Georgia offer yet. Uh, feels like that offer could be coming, uh, especially with that visit coming tomorrow. So that may be something that you want to want to keep your, keep your eye on. But uh, the, out of Washington County, I played against Washington County Jed as a sophomore. And in that game, it was 21, 20 at halftime, but Washington County ran four plays and we, we had about three, eight minute drives to score touchdowns, but just four toss sweeps. They scored on three of them from long distance. So if you can play at Washington County, my point is Washington County is going to have speed and they're going to have talented players, especially at the tailback position. So uh, DJ Braswell, a guy to, to watch out for. And, and, and there's also other running backs in the 2023 class that you've, you know, George has dabbled with looking at that you've had some contact with. Yeah. We've spoken about Jamarian Wilcox a lot. Um, he was here. I believe last week or week before he was he was at practice. There's another guy, um, Rod Thomas, out of Alabama. He's a guy kind of like you mentioned with um, Mr. Braswell. There, he doesn't have a Georgia offer yet, but he's the fa- he's going to be in Athens uh, actually this weekend for G Day. So, just the fact that he got that got that exclusive G Day invitation, um, you know, says something about the interest Georgia has in him. So, if Georgia offers there, that's just another one of those guys. And we, and we told people we've told people this for weeks that as this class develops. There's going to be names that kind of come out of the woodwork uh, in this running back class, and that's starting to happen with Braswell. With Wilcox has been on for a while now, and um, and with Rod Thomas. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and I think it's a deal where there's been so much name recognition early on with Haynes and with Young, not just with Georgia, but early on in this class of 2023. I'm talking about even when they were freshmen because of what they did as freshmen in high school. They've just been – those names have been out there so long. It seems like it seems like there's been this, you know, Haynes and Young and then everyone else in the class, and, and, it, and the gap has been pretty big. But I think some guys, as their bodies have developed and as they're getting more film out there and things like that, you know, we're totally kind of getting out of the COVID era and guys are getting back to normal strength and conditioning uh, routine and aspects with their high schools and stuff, I think you're going to see some guys maybe start to close that gap a little bit, and you're going to see some of those new prospects rise up. So it'll be interesting to see how that visit with DJ Braswell goes. We'll have more on that UGA Sports the day after that visit 
uh, is completed. I already talked to him for a little bit pre-visit kind of look before, and we're going to get some after with him as well. So we got D Howard here that says on YouTube, he said, if Beck doesn't earn the second string QB spot coming out of spring, where are the chances he'll hit the portal? You know, Jed, I've, everybody's been speculating for a long time that, that Carson Beck would, would hit the transfer portal, you know, sooner rather than later. Um, obviously, he's getting some some first-team work with Georgia right now. I still fully believe that this is Stetson Bennett's team, will be Stetson Bennett's team, and Carson Beck, I think, is the number two right now over, over Brock Vandergrift by all indications. I know um, – Former Georgia quarterback Aaron Murray is very, very high on Carson Beck and what he's seen out of him, his arm talent and stuff like that. Um, but you got to ask yourself, you know, going into it uh, now in what, third third season? Third season at, at, at Georgia if he doesn't get, the, um, doesn't get the job. I think it's very highly – realistic possibility that he could hit the hit the portal i mean if you, if you feel that you can play at quarterback in college nowadays and you have that opportunity it's hard to blame a guy for wanting to explore that option right and but i think the interesting part of, of that question just the scenario is if if beck doesn't win the second string job like mm-hmm. that seems like his ceiling for this season so if he wanted to transfer for playing time it, it, it seems like he would have gone ahead and done it because it doesn't seem like that playing time is going to be um, well, available, it, at least from a start. I guess, in, I guess unless he wanted to get all the way, maybe, you know, get all the way through the spring, say, hey, I competed all the way through D-Day, and then right. make them make them tell you that you're second string or third string versus first string. I could see that as well. And that, and, and to be to be honest with you, that's about as honorable, I think, as you can be in the time of the transfer portal you know what i'm saying i mean i think that's that's being a guy who you know gave it gave it everything you got and and one thing people cannot say about carson beck is whatever decision he makes he has not once been some kind of distraction or problem or anything like that you haven't heard any you know bitching and moaning out of the guy uh it appears that he just shows up and works and and i think that's a that's a that's you know, kudos to, to Carson Beck. It's, it sounds like he's wired the right way. Absolutely. And again, if he wanted to play, if he wanted immediate playing time, he could have done it after the end of last season or the end of his freshman season, um, for that matter, when it appeared that JT, it was going to be JT Daniels' team. So credit to him for staying, for, for giving it a shot. And and however the the chips fall is is how they fall. But, you, but like you said, you can't say he's been a distraction or a, or a detriment to the team so far during his time in Athens. Absolutely. So if you have comments or questions, throw them in YouTube. We'll get to those. But now, uh, without further ado, Jed, we're going to go ahead and get to our UGA Sports Vault questions. We have two to start off here, so I'll put up the put them up one at a time. Two from uh, Dog418. Yeah, number one, how does safety recruiting look at the moment, transfer portal in high school? How many do we want to take in this cycle? Well, I mean – in terms of how many you want to take, Jed, I think the number and Kirby Smart really doesn't care in terms of does this guy play safety or does he play corner or whatever. They're just wanting to get as much talent as possible 
in the defensive backroom because if there's one common thread of what Kirby Smart has said this spring, it's that Georgia is undermanned in terms of the number of players in both the defensive secondary and the wide receiver room. Yeah, I think, you know, when you look at safety, there's obviously Caleb Downs at the top. Janelle Aguero is is listed as an athlete on, on rivals, yeah. but is protects the safety. But I think you might see some guys, like you said, that might be playing corner in high school that could just say, hey, we're going to get all these bodies in that we can, and we'll sort out who's a star, who's a who's a corner, who's a safety, who's a who can play both. Like, we'll, we'll sort all that out later. Let's just get some talented defensive backs in here, and we'll figure out the rest later. So I think you could see a guy – I mean, just say, for example, if Tony Mitchell committed to Georgia, Tony Mitchell could end up playing safety if that's where Kirby Smart Company think he's the best fit, guys like that. So um, – I wouldn't obsess necessarily over looking at the safety rankings specifically, but I do think one way or another, there's going to be kind of like this 2022 class. There's going to be a lot of defensive back talent accumulated in this class because Kirby's mentioned, I think a couple times this spring, just how short uh, the program is back there at the moment. Yeah. And you know, when you talk about a guy like an Isaac Smith who came to camp last year from Fulton, Mississippi, and really just blew the, doors off of it at camp and Georgia started recruiting him uh, a good bit so a guy like Kenton Kirkland who's been there several times these aren't guys who are the most heralded in the world uh, but you know they're right there in the mix of how Georgia's recruiting them or Robert Billings from Milton you know so I think a lot of this class at the safety position is going to have to go with some in-season evaluation at some of this Jed because Let's be honest, Fran Brown, you know, he's he's been here for, you know, a cup of coffee so far. You know, he's still he's still he's hitting the ground running. It, don't get me wrong, Fran Brown's out there recruiting his tail off, um, but he's bringing in, you know, relationships, guys from out of Florida that that he had relationships with, guys from the northeast that he had relationships with. So I think a lot of that's still under evaluation. Now, as far as the transfer portal, I think all of that is going to crank up here at the end of April, Jed, when all of these spring games are done. And like we just talked about with a, a Carson Beck or maybe other Georgia quarterbacks, things like that, all these guys at these various positions are going to get that feedback as you know, coaches give out at the culmination of spring ball and guys are going to say okay i know where i stand now and they're either going to elect to go elsewhere where there's a need or they're going to uh, elect to stay and fight through it but i think uh, you safety is definitely a position that georgia would entertain um a, a high quality transfer yeah i think when you look back to last year what they did bring in Darian Kendrick, I think that same thing could happen this year. Safety because you've got Chris Smith, you got Dan Jackson, um, and then it's kind of you, you're you're a little up in the air back there. There's Malachi Starks, there's on um, David Daniel back there, who's a obviously a talented guy. When he's when you, he dealt with the injury after the the getting hit by a bus, which always seems to weird stuff like that happens to Georgia players. But um, yeah, but like you said, I, I, and there's also Tyke Smith. I think that's a guy that. Could want like I was talking about a minute ago. Just brought in, kind of seemed like a natural fit for Star. Because the staff thinks that's where the biggest need is. And same for William Poole. William Poole could end up playing safety. Um, so you just never know. But like I said, I think they're gonna one way or another. They're gonna get a bunch of new, new fresh bodies in there, and then let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, and and you know, I mentioned some guys from that Tampa area and things like that that Fran Brown. Uh, a Dijon Johnson is a guy who's 6'1", 6'2", getting up close to 200 pounds. 
he's listed as as a corner, but you know he could grow into a safety at the next level, things like that. So it just got kind of depends. But a uh, good question there, dog four eighteen, and he's got a uh, follow up here for us, Jed. Yeah, same question, but for the offensive line. Thanks for all the hard work and good reporting. I guess that part's directed specifically at you, Blaine. Um, and then says, <laughs> go dogs. Well, I don't know about that. But uh, when we talk about offensive line, this offensive line class, uh, Jed, is one that, that puzzles you a little bit, you know, because it just doesn't, it just doesn't seem other than, other than a, a, I think a Madden Sanker, like we talked about, who became a name so early on. I just think everybody else is is right there on that even playing field. I know Georgia would love to have TJ Shanahan in their in their class, but that just seems like it's becoming a harder and harder task with him living in the state of Texas and schools like Texas uh, A&M, Texas, Texas Tech, all just really circling around TJ Shanahan. It's going to be really hard to get him out of the Lone Star State, but I think offensive line uh, – recruiting is in a very similar situation to Fran Brown, right? Uh, and the defensive backs, because Stacey Searles just got there, and now he's got to do his own, you know, evaluations and things like that. Yeah, and you look at some guys that, um, like I had a story on Ian uh, Jaffrard out of uh, Whitfield Academy this week who had been offered by Stacey Searles at North Carolina. He told me that recruitment was starting to pick up, and then Searles comes down to Athens. So he's, I believe, 6'6", like 355, I believe we have. He's a huge – I think I actually saw him when I was walking back to my car um, following football interviews, and he's a, a mountain of of a young man. He, he hasn't gotten offered by Georgia. He's going to go through that typical come back camp in the summer, and we'll see where things stand. But that could be a name if he gets back to Athens this summer and blows the staff away, he could get an offer, and then all of a sudden Georgia's the in-state school and – got the pedigree of winning and all that kind of stuff. And he could be a guy that um, they try to bring in a tackle. So there's guys, you mentioned Shanahan, there's Samson, Oakland, Lola out there. Uh, Jordan's and um, Monroe, Monroe, Monroe feeling. Um, Jordan's and Caden Proctor's top seven against uh, all odds when, <laughs> when he put that out. So there's guys out there, but it doesn't really, like when I was doing my offensive tackle hot board last week, it doesn't really seem like Georgia's in a super strong position with any of those top guys i think shamarad umarov is, is a guy that they um are in there pretty yeah, strongly with. total developmental guy by the way right. let me let me tell you something about shamarad umarov he's is the the talent the ceiling is tremendously high but the young man just started playing football in the eighth grade and he's his body has grown faster than his knowledge for the game i think is developed i went and watched him and uh, against Kylan Fox, uh, Grayson versus Denmark um, in the playoffs this past year. And Kylan Fox was was giving him work over there. But you can see with the long arms and with the ability to bend, and that's the thing that they look for in those tackles, Jed. They look for the ability to bend. Can you, when you, when you get in a stance, can you flex all the way down and keep your foot flat on the ground? You know, do you have good flexion in your ankles? I mean, do you have, can you bend your knees? Um, can you reset and, and move inside, things like that? So he was going on a battle with Colin Fox there, but George is definitely very interesting. I mean, it's a guy who's in your own backyard. He's over there in the Alpharetta uh, area, so that's a definitely a guy to keep keep your eye on. But, you know, I mentioned Fran Brown earlier. 
he's actually helping out with some offensive line stuff here because Georgia goes from being nowhere near the recruitment of Chase Besantis out of Don Bosco Prep in New Jersey, and now all of a sudden he drops a top group. I think it was, you know, six six or eight schools. Georgia's right in it. So, uh, and he said it specifically had to do with his, his relationship with Fran Brown. So. That recruitment uh, or that hire by Kirby Smart has uh, helped out in multiple areas of recruiting so far. I think uh, that's one reason that that Smart went so hard after Fran Brown and after uh, Chidera Uzo Deribes because these guys in a short amount of time now they haven't had a signing class to to back it up yet. The proof's not in the pudding yet, but so far early returns are that those guys can recruit their tails off. Yeah, and we've seen all these different, like how many defensive backs have we seen over the past few weeks offered out of New Jersey, Philadelphia, um, you know, you know, Eastern Pennsylvania. Jared Rebay's offered guys. Remember when he first got hired, he was offering guys in in Arkansas and Texas, and you know, kind of the the lower Midwest there, which which he was at TCU and uh, SMU before. So it's it's building that national uh, recruiting staff. And you know, going back to the offensive line for a second, I think you can't discount the job that Eddie Gordon has done. Because when you talk to a lot of these offensive linemen, like Monroe Freeling was a perfect example. I talked with him um, actually right after Matt Luke had left. And he said, well, I usually talk with Eddie Gordon. I've got a close bond with him. Um, Cam Pringle, 24 kids, same thing. They're both South Carolina guys. So keeping him on staff, you know, it's not to say Matt Luke didn't recruit any of these kids, but Eddie Gordon also did a lot of work um, recruiting these guys. And I think keeping him on staff uh, was a big win. And uh, he's he's a bright. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see him be a future offensive line coach somewhere one day. And you know he's done a great job being a voice and a and a presence in a lot of these guys' recruitments as well. Bobby Sagas with a little sarcasm. Mims would be perfect there talking about for the offensive line and Marius Mims. Uh, the guys over on the call-in show last night hit that talking about Marius Mims entering the portal. Now listen, you know here's here's the thing I would point out about Mims entering the portal. If Mims enters the portal. That gives you the indication that Mims was not, at least to this point, going to win the the starting job and and knew so. That to me tells me that there is at least two, possibly three guys that are out there that Georgia feels better about than Mims at this point. So Jed and and, and I'm I'm just an old football coach, so I don't know, but I'm just telling you, if that's the case, that seems like a good problem for Georgia to have. I know that that a lot of people want to see the guys who are, have all five stars besides their names playing regardless of the position. But I feel like if there's three guys, you know, two tackles and a guard spot that are all holding off of Marius Mims from playing, that seems like a good problem to have if you're Georgia. Right, and this, this, this isn't the uh... – the, the the Madden franchise where you bring in all perfect players and it's just hunky dory. I mean, when you bring in the level of recruits that Kirby Smart has signed, these guys and and it's just you can't fault them for wanting to play, right? But it's just it's the nature of the beast that when they get here and they they don't win playing time, playing time's not available to them, whatever. Then they say, okay, I want to go find greener pastures elsewhere. Look what happened to Jermaine Johnson. He goes from a rotational piece at at Georgia and he and he. Flourishes at Florida State and is likely going to be a top first round draft pick. So it works out for some guys. It doesn't work out for some guys. Um, you can't fault the Marius Mims for doing that. But it there's some. I mean, look at Broderick Jones. Broderick Jones waited, didn't start his freshman year, didn't start for uh, most of his sophomore year, and comes in when Jamari Sario goes down and plays a huge role in the national championship. So 
you can't uh, you can't fault guys for for doing what's best for them. But um, it's with, with the transfer portal and the waivers and and all that kind of stuff. It's just it's it's the nature of the beast now, and and fans and coaches alike are just going to have to to get used to it. Yeah, we get a comment here from uh, uh, "Don't read on me." He says, "Why, why are we not seeing the recruiting bump that most national champions see?" I'm specifically talking about OL and running back. I think you're having to when you talk about running back at Georgia, right? You, you're talking about you know Dale McGee, who does a terrific job and also identifies guys early. So I think he's really just sticking in there, going after the guys he wants. So I don't think there's you know, it's not like Richard Young or Justice Hayes have committed anyone else yet. So, and those are the two he wants. So, until that happens, I don't think you're got anything to worry about there. And then on the offensive line side of it, did I mean you did just lose Matt Luke, who was uh, really just starting to hit his stride at Georgia because, in terms of recruiting himself, because he in the past was still kind of recruiting Matt Luke's guys, trying to hold them as part of classes and things like that. And now, uh, you know, you're moving to, to Stacey Searles. So I think it's just that transition you're seeing that that may be the reasoning for that, that, that you haven't seen Georgia just blow away. But, you know, Bo Hewley is a pretty good, pretty good uh, offensive tackle to have committed to you so far. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things where, I mean, I've, I've mentioned this on the show before, one of Stacey Searles' most important jobs is convincing Bo Hewley and Ryquez McElder to stay in this class because Hewley is, I believe he's the best rated uh, in the class. And McElder is a guy who honestly impressed the heck out of me when I saw him at the um, at the Under Armour camp in Atlanta. I mean, he was going against guys that are also very, high, very highly rated, and, and he was just uh, stoning them. And you talk about running back. R- running back at Georgia is going to be fine. It's, it's going to work itself out. I mean, look at the last class. Yeah. McGee I mean, swoops in, and yeah, Branson Robinson, perfect example. I mean, Del McGee swoops in on a chandelier at the last second and steals Andrew Paul. I mean, you look at the big four: Justice Haynes, Georgia probably still leads for him. Richard Young, Georgia is, I guess, trending upward with him. You'd say, but it was always going to be tough to get Ruben Owens out of Texas. Yeah, they, they said you wanted Ruben at running back. Yeah, they That's do the want Ruben. They did. Back. They did want Ruben, yeah. and, and I just don't think they're going to end up getting yeah. him. And and Treyon Webb was the other one of the, I guess quote-unquote big four who Georgia was kind of in on on a while after he committed from Oklahoma and, and obviously he's he's set his sights elsewhere and Georgia's not in his top five or whatever but running back is going to be fine with with Del McGee as as a lead recruiter at that position it's just like we were talking about earlier sometimes it takes a little bit for these guys to grow into their bodies or put good film out there and, and all that kind of stuff so um, I wouldn't worry about running back offensive line is is kind of I mean, did did, did you? I was reading a comment over here. Did you touch on Andrew Paul from last year? Right? Did you? Did you? Yeah. Hit Andrew yeah. Paul? Andrew Paul okay. Swooping in. Yeah. Well, you speaking about that? The dude had what sixteen hundred yards or something like that in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, in the playoffs. Yeah, over or over a thousand yard rushing and sixteen touchdowns or something like that in the playoffs alone. I mean, just unbelievable. Um. Yeah, that that's a that's a big pickup uh, for for Georgia there with, with him and someone that Clemson really badly wanted. Heck, I thought Clemson was going to land him there that last day, and he ends up going going to to Georgia, and that was solely because Clemson had built a longer relationship with Andrew Paul. But the allure of Georgia, it's RBU and Del McGee, and what they what they 
you know, espouse over there and, and talk about with the University of Georgia, that really uh, sold and, Andrew Paul. So let's get one more YouTube comment before we go back to our vault questions from Stets Flip Phone. He says, how big of a G-Day will Eric have? Uh, does he benefit the most from this spring? I think, I think easily you can say Eric Gilbert benefits the most from this spring, Jed, just because – this guy's getting back in shape. Uh, you know, he, he's a little bit, a little bit heavy right now. And I think that that will determine how big of a G day he has is how well is he conditioned? You know, how many plays can he go? Because that's something that uh, he's going to, the, the, the tight end position, you know, Brock Bowers isn't out there. Darnell Washington isn't out there. Um, you know, I think Brett Seether is, is hurt as well. So uh, there's not a whole lot of tight ends there. So how many plays can you go in a row without sucking wind? I think that'll determine uh, how big a day uh, Gilbert has out there. Yeah, and and you never say injuries are are fortunate, but when you look at the grand scheme of things and and the injuries to uh, Bowers and Washington are are fairly fairly minor in the grand scheme of things, it's helped Gilbert a lot because he's gotten work at tight end with the ones. He's he's gotten plenty of balls from Stetson Bennett, I'm sure. Um, but like you said, it's the conditioning, you know, Kirby Smart's mentioned will have a good play in practice, but he can't quite get the, he, he's not on the field for as many plays as Smart would like it. So we, the, the weight issues have been, have been chronicled. He showed up kind of, or he came back from his absence, a little overweight. He's trimmed down. He's about 260, 265 now and looks every bit of it, by the way, from, from when I've seen him at practice. So, um, it's the conditioning and just the getting in shape and, and playing multiple plays in a row. But this spring is has definitely helped him just from the fact that he's he's him and Oscar Dell both um just are by sheer attrition they're one of the few tight ends left out there. Yeah, Oscar Dell by the way too. We we've said it for a long time. We would get questions on here about which freshman do you think can make the biggest impact early on and stuff like that. And one guy I would always lean towards is is Oscar Dell because Georgia uses so much two and three tight end packages and i just think oscar Delp is so talented if he can if he can if he's where he needs to be physically to be able to block jed i think the the route running the 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 dexterity all that kind of stuff being able to play the ball in the air is so high level for oscar Delp that i could see him uh making an impact if if he does beat out i guess it would be uh go day or or see there for kind of that third tight end spot depending on of course what happens with darnell washington and things things like that as well all right green timbers got a question for us here jed yep following the visits it seems like we are in as good a position to be by ruth smith do you see as a real possibility that we can pull those elite players from the state of alabama oh 100 uh georgia is in a tremendous position with both uh Jaque, uh, whether you want to call him Quay or Jaquavius, uh, Quay Russaw, James Smith, both of those guys. And, yes, they're from the state of Alabama, but people don't discount the amount of time that both Glenn Schumann and Kirby Smart spent in the state of Alabama making those connections with high school coaches, with, with trainers that have elite prospects. And these relationships, Jed, go back 15, 20 years uh, almost of, you know, making these connections and talking with these guys. Um, so I think Georgia's in a, a very good spot with both of those. And when you talk about uh, Russaw, you know, Glenn Schumann started out recruiting him. And then now uh, Chidera Uzo Deribe is in on it. So he's a guy that they could see playing either inside linebacker or outside linebacker. 
And when you talk about that, Jed, here in a couple of weeks when that NFL draft comes around and and guys like Quay Russo see the amount of money that Georgia's linebackers are going to rake in on those first two days of the draft or with the positions that are going, I have to tend to believe that Georgia will use that to recruiting a guy like a uh, Russo as well. And then the same can be said with Jordan Davis and, and James Smith. Yeah, and that versatility with Russo is – is huge because Uzo Deribe, the guys he's recruiting are the the 6'5", 220, 225-pound types, the long, lean, um, twitchy, and explosive guys off the edge. Um, and you, you look at – you know, I was talking about this with Walt Flynn earlier. It seems like every weekend when we're putting the visitor list together, these, these two guys are on it. I mean, James Smith was in Athens, I believe, last weekend or weekend before. He was – we had that stretch, remember, last season where he ended up at three Georgia games – in a row because he went to Arkansas and Kentucky and then visited Auburn at Auburn in the middle. So um, both of them love Georgia. They love their coaches. Um, it's, they benefit from, you know, Glenn Schumann and Trey Scott are obviously uh, holdovers on the staff from last year. So it's definitely a possibility. I Blaine, you've talked to him more than I have. Do you think both, do you, do you think both are ne- necessarily a, a, package deal together or do you think it's very possible they could end up at the same place but not uh not a certain oh oh, i think it's it's entirely possible that both end up in the same place but they are by no means a a package deal those guys are so like the the people around them uh are so accustomed to these high profile recruitments they know this is like a business i mean and they're they're treating it as such and and they prepare these guys are are Rusal and Smith specifically are working out at at you know five thirty six in the morning every morning even before with what their team activities are so these are two guys that are preparing their bodies to be uh, just as highly efficient as possible once they get to college I expect Rusal and Smith to be two of the most elite prospects coming out of this class, regardless of where they end up getting ranked. And finally, I think their production during their time in college will be huge because they know how to play the game. They've been taught the techniques. So I think when you talk about Russell and Smith, you're talking about two guys that, that Kirby smart and Glenn Schumann, uh, even will Muschamp, all of these guys are going to be just, constantly trying to stay in communication with because it feels like there's three real possibilities in both scenarios georgia there's alabama and then there's also there's also auburn a a auburn or florida scenario because they auburn and florida are really really coming hard with some of these these collectives and the nil packages and things like that and guys have to listen to that kind of stuff, you know, like not, not, not the Auburn and Florida staff, but the collectives around those programs are really pushing hard for specifically those two guys as well. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out, but thanks for the question uh, right there, green timber. And we have a YouTube comment here from D D Howard. Uh, Where do we stand with Quay? Sorry, after decommitting, I'll just say this. uh, He's not going to end up at Georgia. That's 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 what I would have to say if he if I had to give my two cents on that. Now I, I don't I don't see a scenario where um, Dequavia Sorry ends up coming back into the fold for Georgia. All right, next question we got here, Jed. 
Yeah, from Mikey P, nineteen eighty-three. Good rhyming. What what big names are planning on being in Athens for G Day? Go ahead, Jed. You got you got you a list there. I got myself a list. I got see. This is part of learning the job. You learn to write things down, uh, such as it is in the in the computer age. So I've got Jaden Wayne uh, written down. I've got Samuel and Pimba out of IMG Academy. Uh, I got Rod Thomas that I mentioned earlier. Uh, Kyron Buddha Bird Buddha Berta out of um. Out of Louisiana, Tyree Adams, guy you've talked with Blaine out of New Orleans as well. Yeah, uh, listen, Tyree, Tyree Adams, before you go on there, I well, you go ahead, finish your list, and I'll talk about just Tyree. A couple more. I've got there's uh, in-state quarterback Jakari Williams, 2024 kid uh, that said he'll be in Athens today. Madden Sanker is a maybe. I, I asked him a couple weeks ago if he was coming to G-Day, and he said he was either going to be here G-Day or uh, Thursday, the 14th. So possibly Madden Sanker. Um, on the list as well. Yeah. And I would, uh, possibly, possibly justice Haynes. Uh, that's not, that's not, you know, decided yet. I think there may be some baseball situation going on there. Who knows? Uh, and then also, uh, as far as commits, uh, one commit that I know will be there's, uh, Marcus Washington jr. Will be there for, uh, G day. So those are some of the guys that we know are going to be there, Mikey, but Tyree Adams guys is a guy that I think all eyes need to be on as his senior year progresses because if there's one thing about him is he's starting to fill out into his body. This is a guy down from the the uh, New Orleans area down there in, in in Louisiana, six foot six, two hundred and eighty two to two hundred eighty five pounds, just tremendously long arms, moves well, bends well. Um, and he's just got to maybe get a little bit more uh, efficient with how he transfers power you know from his lower body to upper body in the run game hand placement things like that but when you talk about movement and agility uh that's something that that i think is clearly there and he's going to be uh, visiting georgia um coming out I, like you said with uh Berta buddha over there so um it'll be interesting to to see how what transpires uh potentially an offer out of that out of that visit who, who knows what, what happens there um, so we'll we'll see see how things go. Um, all right, we got another question here from uh, old trusty Pine Tree, Jed. Tried and true. Have you heard of any potential names of portal targets for after spring camp, or might we opt out of that this year? Oh, George is definitely not going to opt out. That the transfer portal is going to be a mainstay. I mean, you saw uh, what was it this time last year that they go out and get you know Darren Kendrick, or maybe a little bit later than this mm-hmm. even Darren. Yeah. yeah Darren Kendrick and uh, Eric Gilbert, you know, and I think that when it comes down to it, it's just going to be about fit and the cycle of of who's who's coming out, right? And also, let's say this, Jed, let's say before the the summer, you know, really really gets going, let's say Arch Manning decides to pop a commitment somewhere, you know what I'm saying? And let's say for let's say worst case scenario for Georgia fans, it wasn't Georgia, right? Let's say he goes, goes somewhere else. Well, then does Georgia push all their chips in on another 2023 guy um, looking forward to the future? Do they look for a, a portal quarterback to add to this, add to this group, somebody that's younger, maybe like a, you know, a freshman type deal because, or do they, do they totally wait till the next year to go out and get a quarterback? But and and just go all in on 2024 guys. Who knows what happens there? But 
it all depends on where the big chips fall because there's going to be some guy, somebody somewhere, whether it's at USC or Oklahoma or, you know, one of these new coach situations, Jed, that something doesn't gel after spring practice and they elect to leave and they become the next, you know, uh, Eli Ricks of the world or somebody like that, somebody that everybody wants on the transfer portal. And uh, Georgia will definitely be in, in on their fair share of those type guys that, that, that hit the portal. Yeah, I don't think – I mean, at this point in in the, the grand scheme of things, I don't think there's such a thing as, as opting out of the transfer portal, right, unless you're Clemson and, you know, Davos Swinney says he has his transfer portal in his locker room or whatever. Whatever he said earlier this week. But I think it's just a thing now where, where coaches are going to spend yeah. time monitoring. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, got, he's got the champions of life in his locker room. He's got all the ones. He's taking stuff. care of it. We're going to be having these same conversations. Okay, what positions does George need in the transfer portal? And what those are the positions are going to address. Um, so you look, I mean, talking about quarterback, we've talked about Carson Beck as a guy, a young guy, talented, maybe not necessarily have a path to playing time at Georgia. There's guys like that at other schools. So it could be that Georgia brings in one of these guys, like Chase Price at Clemson. Chase Price left Clemson very, very early in his career. Georgia could bring in a guy like that uh, should they miss on Arch Manning. So um, there's endless there's endless possibilities um, with with the magic of the transfer portal. Um, it's just Kirby Smart has proven he's he's adept at at using it and bringing in what needs to be brought in. And so once spring practice ends, about you know, she dig it's over about three thirty on a Saturday afternoon. Then we'll see how uh, things get really get rolling over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure. But I think position wise, I think you could see Georgia go get an experienced inside linebacker. Uh, to bring in in the, out of the transfer portal, I think you could see Georgia go get a a experienced defensive back or two, just because of the depth issues that Georgia has there. And then, then if there's a true number one receiver, somebody that something happens, maybe a quarterback transfers away, it it ticks off a receiver somewhere, but no specific names right now. Um, that we have. We're just uh, talking about some situations that Georgia could be looking into there. All right, Lewis06, do you think Matt Luke stocked the OL room with too many projects? How many more OL will we lose this spring? Jen, I don't know that that's fair to say, you know, too many projects. I, I think that when you look at some of the guys that, that Matt Luke, you know, brought in even a guy like a Devin Willick. If you mm -hmm. want to call a guy who is going to probably start for you after, <laughs> after, you know, two years, two full years on campus, if that's a project, then I think uh, a lot of coaches these days would, would welcome those kind of projects. Yeah. I mean, I think you can call it a project or you can call it the fact that it, it, it's hard for these guys to come in and, and start as freshmen on the offensive line, and even Ernest Green. Ernest Green is, is probably the most quote-unquote college-ready of, of the guys in this class, and he's done well for himself to be getting second-team reps at tackle, right? So um, you look at a guy like uh, like Jacob Hood. Jacob Hood, he's a huge guy, moves well. He's got a high ceiling. Is he ready to be an ACC tackle right now? No, that's no knock to him. It's just the fact that it, it's hard to come out of high school ready to play against the caliber of competition in the SEC. So at this time next year or, or you know, going into that 2023 season, 
a lot of the, those guys will probably be battling uh, for for starting spots. I mean, who's to say Jacob Hood doesn't take over at right tackle when Warren McClendon leaves, right? I mean, it's like you said, if, if that's your definition of a project, a guy that spends you know two springs in a season and then takes over starting during his redshirt freshman year, then I would say that probably works out pretty well for you in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, and I think you know people too with Matt Luke. They don't they don't give Matt Luke enough credit for what he was able to do holding that offensive line class together when Sam Pittman left two cycles ago. You know what I'm saying? Because that could have really and and I know Mims just entered the portal, um, but guys guys like uh, Dylan Fairchild, guys like Michael Morris, you know those those type of guys could find themselves right in line to play. This year, Dylan Fairchild was a unbelievable high school wrestler and uh, brings that same type of mentality to the football field. I mean, it is a it's you know hand to hand combat, one on one battles, and Dylan Fairchild um, is got that mindset where he's going to win them. And I know Kirby Smart specifically has uh, praised Fairchild, talked about how he's done. Michael Morris as well, so some good reps for them, and then. Uh, Jared Wilson is a guy who I think was underrated by every recruiting service out there, uh, if you ask me, because he's a big, big, talented guy. Uh, just maybe had to get some some bad weight off of him a little bit, but uh, I think that's a guy that you need to watch out for as well. But, you know, I think it'd be easy to come in here and poke at the job that Matt Luke did or maybe some of the uh, decisions he made at the offensive line. But, you know, also when you've got uh, Mims and Ratledge and – and McClendon, McClendon and all these guys out there, Jed, it's kind of hard to sell a guy to maybe – you got to really have a stomach for it if you want to come compete in that offensive line group. Yeah, because – and with you and Levin as well. Oh, well, guys are one snap away from from playing. and But, but guys don't guys don't think like that. And, and that's just – guys want to earn the starting spot and be the unquestioned guy. And – when that doesn't happen, they start to say, I mean, Amarius Mims, okay, there's, what, 130 FBS teams out there? Amarius Mims leaves Georgia and is starting day one at, what, 127, maybe, yeah. 125? I mean, when, when you've got that kind of opportunity, it's you, you see where the thought process is. So, um, yeah, but but again, to, to go back to the original question, I think you can – these guys, there's – there's plenty of guys that have the, a ton of potential and the ability to develop. You just got to give them some time, especially at a position like offensive line where it's where it's difficult to come in and play right away. No doubt. We got another question here, Jed. From Jason, Jason G. 17. What are the main negative recruiting points you're hearing that our rivals are saying about us? We're about to have a great NFL draft, and we just won the Natty, so I'm interested to hear. Uh, when you there's always There's always the negative recruiting out there about how – Despite winning a national championship, I know that there's still some some schools out there telling these quarterbacks because I've asked them, you know, what do some other schools say about Georgia that 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 they try to tell you, and they say, well, they try to tell you that Georgia just hasn't really uh, been able to handle um, uh, high profile quarterbacks handle handle the the quarterback situation the best and things like that. So that's that's one thing that you hear out there the other thing would be at receivers uh you know is is that the ball is maybe distributed a little bit too much they don't feed their feed their playmakers enough things like that and even nick saban's kind of done some subtle 
subtle jabs with that when he talked about uh, Jermaine Burton. He didn't necessarily, you know, mention any Georgia Bulldogs or anything Georgia did by name, but he said, hey, where they come from, they really, you know, uh, distribute the ball. They, you know, we, we kind of get it to our playmakers. He's got a really good quarterback here and stuff like that. So uh, some subtle jabs. But, Jed, any, any other negative recruiting points that you've heard uh, other guys saying about, about Georgia or, or some recruits telling you um, that people are trying to use against Georgia? Yeah, I mean, mostly the similar stuff, the the run first offense and all that kind of stuff, which is funny because when you talk to some of these quarterbacks, they actually like the, the pro-style offense because it's more similar to what is played in the NFL. But anyway, um, I, th- I think there's, there's not a whole lot of negative recruiting to be done against Georgia's defense at this point, right, especially when that unit's going to have four or five players going the first round in the draft in a couple of weeks, but I think it's all around the offense, the style of offense. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah and for the last stuff. two, the last two classes on that defense, people could say, look at all those studs over there on Georgia's defense. You're not going to play, but yeah. now Georgia's losing so many guys. That opportunity is there to play and play early. You know, I mean, uh, we didn't even talk about it. We've not even talked about a guy like a Malachi Starks who uh, mm-hmm. was a major part of this last recruiting class. We talked about how Georgia was thin at safety you know, whether it's star, whether it's safety, whatever, Malachi Starks could end up being a guy that he's just so freakishly athletic that could end up uh, playing a role early this year. A couple of classes ago, Nylon Green at corner. I mean, uh, Kamari Lassiter. It's just there. there's a ton of talent there. there. There's also opportunity for guys early on. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that ends up going. Um, Georgia is about to really, really kill it in the NFL draft, though, and I think you're going to see a little bit of a buzz about Georgia after that when it comes to recruiting because Georgia's going to have a lot of a lot of content, a lot of propaganda, if you will, to throw out there, Jed, towards, uh, towards the guys after. Uh, they can just start doing a, a running – if I was them, I'd just do a running tally mark of all the contracts, you know, just let the dollar amount build up and, and post it every day on social media because it's going to be an absorbent amount uh, with a lot of Georgia players drafted uh, in Las Vegas here in a couple weeks. All right, Golston Dog. Golston Dog, it took us took us about seven or eight months, but someone finally asked the question, any insight into basketball recruiting? Are we close to landing anyone? It's been quiet. Yeah, so Jed and I will both tell you that we do not follow basketball <laughs> recruiting, but we do have some people on our staff that do, and we reached out to them, and I'm going to give you some names here of guys that Georgia has – has contacted, according to uh, our trusted basketball sources, uh, Keelan Boone from Oklahoma State, Malik Reno from uh, Montverde Academy, Tristan Newton from ECU, uh, Johnny Broom from Moorhead State, Norchad Omir from Arkansas State, Terry Roberts from Bradley, Marquez McBride from North Texas. So, obviously, when you have – Dead now 10 guys in the transfer portal, 10, 11, however many it is. The whole team is going to have to be remade. And with the timing that Mike White had, it's not like you're going to be able to bring in a bunch of high school guys either. So they're going to have to really, really hit the portal and and get creative with how they're going to fit, fill those scholarship spots for the basketball team. Yeah, and, and it's one of those things where, I mean, Dash says this constantly on the board, there's over 1,100 players in the, the portal right now when it comes to basketball. So 
there's a lot of guys out there. I mean, you've seen, and, and Tom Crean did this as well. You get guys like a Braylon Bridges from Illinois, Chicago, um, Donnell Gresham from Northeastern. It's it's those kind of guys that I would expect them to target, the mid-major guys who have played well at their old schools and looking for a step up, slash guys who are, who are looking to come home, like a Jalen Ingram, who, by the way, was playing really well at the start of last season uh, before going down with that torn ACL. So a combination of, of guys wanting to – be closer to home guys from, from lower tiers or not lower tier. I shouldn't say that because um, you know, Georgia didn't just go six and 26, but uh, mid-major schools that are wanting to step up guys like that. Um, and I think you, you get, get a team together. You, you do the best you can if you're Mike white, and then you really start hitting the ground running um, when it comes to high school recruiting show for this next cycle. Yeah. I was real disappointed. Georgia didn't go out and get Doug Eddard, the, the, the guard from St. Peter's just because I think that, that quality of facial hair alone on your team can bring a big edge there, but he ends up going to sign with the Bryant Bulldogs. So it was Bulldogs. It just wasn't the Georgia Bulldogs. So, uh, but that edit from his run in, uh, in, in, in March madness, man, that was, that was something else for sure. But I think you can see with those type of examples in college basketball, um, Jed, what the St. Peter's of the world's I'm a big, uh, Gonzaga basketball fan I've been for 20 years you know when you talk about that kind of stuff it's not like you have to have the old days of the the I know Kansas ends up winning it a blue blood was in the tournament but you can make noise now if you do uh, get the right kind of guys and the transfer portal makes it a lot easier so Mike White uh, it's all it's a big challenge but it's also a big opportunity for him to turn that roster over really fast and see what he can make out of it yeah, and, and there's good guys at, at every level of basketball. I mean, Doug Eddard, perfect example. I mean, there's there's guys out there to be found, and that's another – when Mike White's staff he's building as well is, is going to come into play. Where do these guys have connections? What high schools and areas that they recruited before? And and what guys do they know are out there that are, that are waiting to be uncovered that they can tell Mike White, hey, let's go get this guy. Take a look at this guy. Let's, let's host this guy on a visit. So um, to all the people um, – that we're asking on the vault, are we going to have enough people to field a team? Uh, this fall? Yes, Georgia will field a men's basketball team next year. Um, it's just a matter of of Mike White finding those guys that he wants and uh, and and getting the the ten or eleven guys in that he needs, and then then they go from there. If not, I think David Pollock has a year of eligibility left. He's a big basketball player now. You know, loves loves play. Him and Brent Rollins actually play together. We we get Brent out there on the court. You know, the the, the height disparity there in a picture that I saw was terrific over there. So Darnell uh, Washington's tall. Hey, yeah, Darnell Washington. Not you know hadn't really worked out in football so far. Come over to the basketball court. You know, yeah. we'll see see how it goes. But. um Guys, if you have any questions on YouTube, any comments, we'll, we'll be glad to answer those. we got a few more minutes here. This last question from the vault here, Jed, was so long that I could, wasn't able to make it a static question. So I'll scroll it across the bottom, and I'll just read it for you so you won't have to keep up with it. It says, seems like we definitely hit a reset on our DB board when Brown came in. Talking about Fran Brown, the new defensive back coach from Rutgers, specifically with corners. We know the big three names, McLean, Harris, and Mitchell. Talking about Kermani McLean, A.J. Harris, and Tony Mitchell. But as of now, it seems unlikely that they land one, if any of those. Uh, what's your take on uh, how we stand with some of these guys? Chris Pearl, Daniel Harris, and Dijon Johnson. So, um, yeah, did I mean – 
when it comes to Cormani McLean, AJ Harris, Tony Mitchell, the that the outlook right now maybe isn't as uh, as high or as as rosy as it as it once was for Georgia. I don't think by any means they've given up on any of those uh, guys, but I would think that when you're talking about cornerback, you're probably looking elsewhere um, in this class, and a guy like a, a Dijon. Uh, Johnson is, is somebody to look at. Um, I talked to Robert Stafford, who uh, is is from from down in Florida, and and Will Muschamp and Fran Brown have been from day one that Fran Brown got on the job. He he's been in contact with Robert Stafford. He came on a visit, loved it. Said if he had to give Georgia a grade on how they're recruiting him, an A plus 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 is what he gave him, and that's a four star guy who lots of. Power five programs are, are recruiting at, as a receiver. So, uh, good good athlete with ball skills, things like that. But I, I would agree with the resetting of the DB board with Fran Brown come, comes on. But what's your take on all that, that that was just laid out there by Sandbar Bathroom? Yeah, for one, I don't think there's hardly much of any chance Georgia gets more than one of those big three. I mean, I think Tony Mitchell is, is the best chance just because I think they're pretty much out on Kamani McLean. AJ Harris visited um, a couple weeks ago. They might have gotten back in there a little bit, but I, I, I still don't see Harris sending up in Athens. So the other guys you mentioned, uh, Dijon Johnson has visited Athens um, in recent weeks. Daniel Harris actually visited this past weekend, um, and I was trading some messages with him. I, Georgia offered him, I believe, in February, and back then he said, "You know, we have a tight relationship with Fran Brown. Fran Brown was one of the first coaches to recruit him." Um, and, and over the week, I'll have a story on him, hopefully tomorrow. But he said, you know, they sat, he sat down and watched some tape with Fran Brown this weekend. And Fran Brown compared him with his length and speed to Keely Ringo and Darion Kendrick, who obviously one is going to be an NFL draft pick this year. One is going to be a high NFL draft pick, you know, next year. Um, that's another guy Georgia's in on. Fran Brown is in constant communication with. But that, that's a guy who we, we hadn't really heard a lot out of. Uh, until Fran Brown took over, so that just lends a little more credence to the idea of um, of resetting the board. Chris Peel has an offer. Um, I, I don't believe he's visited. So when you look at that second list of three, I think if you switch out St- Peel for Stafford, I think those are three guys that um, that Georgia's in on pretty heavy. Yeah, and also I believe Justin Rett, who's the Nor- uh, the Notre Dame commit, is visiting. So he may be even visiting for. Uh, for G Dad, I have to confirm that. I know he's visiting visiting soon. He put that out not too not too long ago. So that's definitely a, a one to keep an eye on there. And you know, like I said, things things change. Uh, you know, over over time, and we'll see um, see how things how things end up. But I do know that there's there's a visit in the works there of of some form or nature. I don't know if it's uh, before G Day or or coming shortly afterwards but when you talk about that i mean that alone is the type of guy that that uh would be a a tremendous addition in the class so i think like you've talked about earlier with uh the running backs and also with the wide receivers and even offensive linemen with the transition that george is going through with some of the coaches and things like that i think you're going to see a developing board and some targets emerge uh as we get closer to the to the fall yeah, and and you talked about it earlier with the running backs. It's and and uh, he did. It seems like I bring this up every week, but last summer, C.J. Madden came into camp, blew the coaches away. Dylan Bell blew the coaches away. 
at camp. So but there's going to be these guys throughout the summer that once that once June 1st opens up and, and camps and all that kind of stuff starts happening on campuses, guys are going to come out of the woodwork. And it could be a guy like Justin Rett, who um, that that is that is somewhat of a known commodity, but it could also be some of these other guys that you, you haven't heard a lot about that the staff just falls in love with based on in-person evaluations. And they, like Ian Giffard, if he comes in camps and blows them away and gets that offer, he could be a part of the offensive line class. So um, I guess that is, uh, that's my pitch to say, stay tuned if you want to know who uh, blows the staff away and, um, it, and gets yeah. his offers and you know, things like that. And that, that, is, that is correct. Uh, Justin Rett um, will be in Athens. According to his Twitter, he will be in Athens for G-Day. Um, so that is a commit out of out of Notre Dame. Some uh, someone that Georgia was on before he committed to Notre Dame, but there seems to be renewed interest there, especially since the arrival of Fran Brown on staff. And you know, Jed, I mean, that's a, that's a guy who he's he's a four star, um, you know, top top one hundred player in the in the country. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see Georgia can make any headway there. But I think we got one last comment here on YouTube. Uh, do you see Kay and Lee and Bruce Thornton uh, in their championship games? Uh, Jed, I believe you saw Kay and Lee play in his state championship game. Um, I did not see Bruce Thornton play in his. I saw Bruce Thornton play in other games this year and was very impressed. I believe he, he just uh, just visited Georgia or is going to – this weekend, one of the two, but I uh, haven't heard a ton out of that visit yet. But definitely two really talented players. But it seems, it seems like at least for now that that Kay and Lee has kind of made that decision that that he's going to really, really heavily look elsewhere. So yeah, Kay and Lee was in uh, at Nebraska this weekend, actually with Bo Hewley. Funny enough, uh, speaking of Georgia commits, so um, he 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 had he's visited seemingly everywhere under the sun it seems like just from following him on social media so i'm sure george is staying in touch and in those kind of things but it, it seems like he's he's fairly unlikely to end up in the class and um and, and bruce thornton same thing he's one of the infinite georgia legacies in this class and and I, like like you boy and i was impressed when i've seen him play at milton last fall um but it, you know miami's heavily involved lsu's involved um so it, it seems like he'll end up elsewhere as well well, and and also too, one thing with that is you may have to some of these guys, uh, the the Thorntons, the Billings, people like that of the world, they may be invited to some camp scenarios for Georgia as well. And depending on some of those test numbers and things like that, things could get a little bit more serious or less serious depending on how uh, those those turn out as well. So. That is going to do it this evening, guys, for us here on Rumors versus Facts. Go ahead and subscribe, uh, turn on notifications, like, and uh, we'll, we'll put the, the replay up on the UGASports.com channel tomorrow, and we'll have lots of stories coming out on recruits. So for Jed May, I am Blaine Gilmer, and we will catch you guys next time on UGA Sports Rumors versus Facts.